The views and opinions expressed in this program are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the hosts and creators of this program. This is the Pet Buzz. This is the Pet Buzz. Freshly collected with news, celebrity pet gossip, and the latest pet trends. The Pet Buzz gives you the latest 411 on everything pet related. Everything pet related. Hosted by pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. And here's the Dynamic Pet Duo. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the ultimate in pet talk radio, and we're happy to be with you again each week. Each week. Talking pets. Well, you know, for the last few weeks, I have to tell you, I've been looking at lots of different types of homes, and one of the big considerations for me is a fence. I mean, I think a lot of pet owners go through this when they're looking for a home. They want to find a pet-friendly home. So I think one of the aspects of finding a pet-friendly home is definitely a home with a fence. And I actually saw a few houses without fences who lives today without a fence? I mean, one, obviously, is the issue of privacy. It's it's always an issue. But if you have pets, you need to find a way to secure them when they're outside the home. So not only do we have locks on our fencing that we put on, um, but we also hired a fencing specialist to secure the fencing from the ground up just to make sure they couldn't dig under the fence and get loose. So really, a lot of that has to do with the fact that we have dogs on the side of us and we have dogs behind us. You know, it's funny. A few years ago, pet window fencing came out. Now, pet window fencing, it is exactly what it sounds like. It's a window within a fence so that a dog can look out. So I actually, when I was preparing to do this, what I call this musing every week, I actually went to go look at some pet window fencing. So some of them are cutouts with wrought iron in. So there's actually a window with wrought iron and placed within a cutout. And others have like this kind of blob that's actually acrylic porthole, which is kind of funky. But, you know, years ago, I thought that would be super cool to have like the porthole and the dog could look out. But, you know, as time goes on, I think that can only cause a disturbance or a nuisance or basically, i.e. trouble. So that means that if the dog looks out, then if he starts to see something that causes him to bark, then you have a problem with your neighbor. Then if you have a dog who's roaming around the neighborhood and your dog sees that, then, you know, that's an, then maybe the dog comes over and there's a standoff, one dog on one side of the fence and your dog on the other. The other thing is, you know, and Dr. Fleck and I have reported on a lot of these postal problems, postal workers kind of interfering with the enjoyment and health of your pet. Or somebody can even see your pet through the fence, like him, and want to steal him. You know, and it just goes to show you, these are all of the things, these little minor things that you do. They're all for the love of your dog to keep them secure. And like I say, we spend money on our pets just because we love them. So that's my muse. I'm talking about fencing this week. Yes, you are. So let's start the weekly countdown and have a little excitement. Well, in segment four, we're talking with AKC Vice President of Public Relations, Brandy Hunter, about the top 10 dog breeds of the 219 registration. In segment three, Dr. Ebenezer Satiraj, Director of Molecular Nutrition at Purina, talks to us about a new cat food which will help reduce feline allergens. It's revolutionary. Well, in our Celebrity Scoop, I discuss how you can learn more about meeting the pets of country music celebs. And in Flex Facts, I talk about treating bee stings and more. 
And in segment one, there is a small number of animals around the world reported to be infected with the virus that causes COVID-19, mostly after having contact with a person with the virus. Joining us today to talk about how to treat pets with coronavirus is veterinarian Dr. Laura Nafe. Dr. Nafe is an assistant professor of small animal internal medicine at Oklahoma State University. Her clinical and research interests include respiratory, vector-borne, and immune-mediated diseases. Dr. Nafe, welcome to the Pet Buzz today. Thank you for having me, Dr. Fleck and Charlotte. Yeah, we're so glad she's here. We really are. What a topic. So, Dr. Nafe, what are the symptoms of COVID-19 in dogs and cats, and are they similar to humans? I think it's a really challenging question to answer because there's so few reports of dogs and cats actually becoming ill with COVID-19. You know, probably one of the most famous, um, you know, patients so far has been the tiger in the Bronx Zoo, and that's probably one of the best examples. This particular large cat did have respiratory symptoms. And so while we don't want to assume that the symptoms would be similar in dogs and cats as they are in humans, um, we think that that's probably likely. And so just like humans get fever, respiratory symptoms, um, and then potentially even gastrointestinal tract uh, symptoms would be expected. Dr. Fleck and I have been covering COVID since the beginning, since the Pomeranian in Hong Kong. And we don't know very much about the symptoms of the other dogs in Hong Kong, but we do know the cat in Brussels did have respiratory symptoms. So it seems that we do know cats have respiratory symptoms. Right. I guess they are similar to humans, correct? I think there's no reason to think otherwise. We know that dogs are probably not as susceptible to active infection as cats and ferrets are, um, just given the ACE2 receptors in their lungs, actually. Um, that's an important component of the virus and the way that, that it uh, sets down in the lungs and replicates. And dogs do not have the same receptors as cats and ferrets have. Interesting. So I'm curious, just like people, do you think that dogs that are older have compromised immune systems or more susceptible to the virus, um, especially if they live with someone who tests positive, uh, positive for uh, COVID-19? Yeah, that's, that's a great question, too. I mean, I, I think that, again, while we don't have that much evidence to support that older dogs and those with compromised immune systems would be more at risk, we know that these patients in general are more at risk for infection. You know, if, if you're immunocompromised, whether that's because you're on some type of immunosuppressive therapy or you have a concurrent condition that compromises your immune system, or even just being older. While age isn't a disease, we know that some older patients are more prone to getting um, infections and getting more sick from those infections. And so we would assume that this would also be true in, in dogs and cats if they were to get COVID-19. But we also have to remember that there's not a lot of evidence out there that dogs actually become very sick with COVID-19, at least not to the severity that many humans are. And that may just be because we don't know enough yet. I I think that we are going to continue to learn a lot about this virus. So what do you think or what would be the best course of treatment? And I know you can't, you know, say for sure, but, you know, generally, what would you what would you do? You know, again, some of that's going to depend on what signs are being shown by that particular pet and which body systems are affected. You know, if we assume that the respiratory tract is going to be most likely to be affected and to cause these patients to need to undergo treatment, you know, we actually see a lot of viral respiratory diseases in dogs and cats. 
you know, other than, you know, this COVID-19. And so I would treat COVID-19 very similarly. And a, a lot of that is providing primarily just supportive care. So supplemental oxygen, potentially saline nebulization to kind of help loosen up some of those secretions in our respiratory tracts. Uh, potentially antibiotics in some cases to help treat any secondary bacterial pneumonia that these patients may be predisposed to. We, we rarely use antiviral medications in veterinary medicine. Um, most viruses in dogs and cats are somewhat self-limiting, and if we can support them through it, then they will get better. The other question that people are probably wondering is, can dogs and cats be on a ventilator? You know, and in really severe cases, there are there may be some need for ventilation if these patients were to become very severely ill um, and respiratory compromised. And there are some veterinary specialty facilities that do have the ability to provide ventilation. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that, but a lot of vet schools especially have donated their ventilators. Correct. And actually here at Oklahoma State, we donated our uh, ventilators to the, the human hospital as well. Dr. Nate, really, we really thank you for coming on and joining us today. What great information, and it really was a pleasure being with you today. Yeah, same here. I really appreciate you guys having me on, and um, this is an important topic, and I'm glad that we're talking about it. Yeah, well, we're going to have you back again. That sounds great. I'd love to come back. (laughs) Well, everyone, that was Dr. Laura Nape discussing how animals with coronavirus could be treated. For more information about Dr. Nape, visit vetmed.okstate.edu so stay tuned I'm sure you want to stick around and hear more about that new revolutionary cat food that helps reduce cat allergens but right now after the break celebrity pet news and flex facts stay with us You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. When your doctor recommended omega fatty acids as a daily supplement, he told you that they promoted better heart, brain, skin, joint, and immune system health. Well, doesn't it make sense for your pet to have the same health benefits? EpiPet Whole Fish Treat, an all-natural smoked fish supplement, is 100% bioavailable, bringing your pets the nutrients they need to keep them healthy and happy. We first heard about EpiPet at our local rescue shelter where our family adopted Lucy, a 10-year-old yellow lab. She was in tough shape, but we noticed within just a few days how soft and thick her coat was getting. She has more energy now, loves to chase her favorite tennis ball, and most importantly, how happy and healthy Lucy is now. We could not be happier. Thanks, Thanks, Happy Pet. 
To order better pet health for your dog or cat, just visit epi-pet.com. That's epi-pet.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Pet Buzz. This show is hosted by the Dynamic Pet Duo. I'm petronology Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. And yes, you are Dr. Michael Fleck. Yes. So, CMT radio host Cody Allen found a way for us to meet the pets of celebrities during the novel coronavirus pandemic. Allen recently launched Teddy Time, a virtual pet play date series that will air twice a week on Instagram and Facebook on, and his Facebook pages. The series, named after Alan's seven-month-year-old golden retriever, Pop Teddy, which is, Teddy's pretty cool, while well, country music artists and their pets will appear on the series. For one of the first episodes, Alan and Teddy welcome singer Raylin and her dogs, Cash and Dolly, and you know it, named after Johnny Cash and, of course, Dolly Parton. So check out this new rough series. I love it. It's a lot of fun. And the episodes are like three or four minutes, okay? And now, what you all have been waiting for, Flex Facts. Welcome to Just the Facts. Just the Facts. Fact or fiction? Just the Facts, ma'am. You want answers. I want the truth. It's going to take long. You got the time. So, Dr. Fleck, what are we going to talk about today? Bee stings. Bee stings. Bee stings. So, what do I do when my dog battles a bug, a bee? Well, you got to be quick to recognize that your dog was bitten or stung, first thing. Mm -hmm. And if your dog suddenly suddenly paws at at its face or chews at its feet or begins to swell in any area of the body, consider the possibility of an insect bite. Okay, that's great advice because right now you're seeing a lot of bugs, a lot of bees. Lots. Lingering around the grass. Yes. Which is really interesting. Okay, so now what's next? Well, first of all, try to identify the insect. Okay, that's good advice. So quickly search the area for flying insects as well as crawling ones. Since a spider is difficult to identify and may be poisonous, capture it cautiously if you can. Okay. Now, so, what if it's a bee? Looking for a stinger. Look okay. for a stinger. Okay. Bees are the only insect that leave the stingers in, in their victims. These abandoned stingers continue to secrete venom, so removing them reduces the amount of toxin injected into the dog's body. Interesting. I didn't know that. So if the stinger is still attached to the dog, remove it by scraping, maybe with a credit card, over your dog's coat and flick it off. Do not use tweezers that may squeeze even more venom into the system. Luckily, other flying insects, wasp hornets, don't leave a stinger behind. Wow. So how do I sue the bite site? Well, maybe you can make a thick paste of baking soda and water and apply it to the sting site. How can I minimize the swelling? Ice packs. Just apply the ice packs to the affected area for 10 minutes or so, and that will reduce the swelling. And if I don't have an ice pack? Oh, try a bag of frozen peas. (laughs) And a cool towel works better for larger areas. Okay, so what if my pet has an allergic reaction? You can give a dose of antihistamine like Benadryl. Okay. Uh, that minimizes the reaction and decreases the itching. But consider your veterinarian first 
for proper dosing. Okay, I think that's really important because I wouldn't. I have, we have different dogs of different sizes, so you know you probably do too. So you wouldn't know what to give them. Okay, so what if the dog it or you know your cat's really scratching? Use a head cone if your dog continues to lick. Or scratch at the bite wound. Those are those e-collars. Okay. So constant scratching will delay healing and may cause infection. You know, it sounds like it's a really good idea because you have all these household hazards and bee stings in summer. It's It might be a good idea just to invest in one of those soft ones that you have. Yeah, those are comfortable like they were on the um, airplanes that we used to fly. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, it's not travel pills, but it's a good idea. Okay. What if your dog is bitten by... Or your cat's bitten by or near the mouth. Well, you might not want to even eat if he's bitten by the mouth. Okay, that makes sense. So dogs that are stung in the mouth may find a difficulty, so feed them moist food. Dry food softened with water is less likely to upset the GI tract than canned food. Well, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask you anyway. What if the bite is really serious? Well, like some people, many dogs are hypersensitive and very allergic to the insect stings or bites. The degree of the reaction, of course, will vary with the dog's immune system, just like us, and the type of insect. Allergy reactions usually occur within a short period of time, maybe 20 minutes of the bite, but may be delayed for even hours. So close monitoring is very, very critical. Well, severe reactions can be fatal. Yeah, those are, those anaphylactic reactions can be fatal. So then quick action is imperative. Take your dog to the vet. What if my dog gets hives? Because I've gotten hives before. Yep, absolutely. Hives appear as lumps under the skin that raise the hair or as red bumps on hairless area like the belly. You'll know a hive or a wolf. I know a hive because I them. get them. And you know what? They itch a lot. So the dog may roll over on the grass or on the floor in an attempt to scratch at as hard as he or she can to reach those places. Okay. So what if the dog has difficulty breathing or wheezing? Well, you know, some dogs pant more than usual because they have swelling in the respiratory passages and or because they're just nervous. Don't attempt to figure out the reason. Take it to the vet. That's the greatest answer. Always take your dog to the vet. That's I mean, what, a lot of times, you know, these reactions, hives or this itching can make your dog become extremely agitated. And we have a good number of ER uh, clinics available. So uh, if it's not regular hours, make sure you get it to the ER vet. Yeah, that's why it's really important to always have the emergency number of the ASPCA poison control and your vet on hand. Right, Dr. Flood? Absolutely. Because we, you know, this show, for example, airs in South Dakota. So not everybody has access. They can just jump down the road like we can and go to the emergency vet. Yeah, it could be a very rural area that you really have to be prepared for. Okay, what if your pet appears to be dizzy or disoriented? Well, if your dog isn't alert or stumbles, he's having more than just a normal reaction. Hmm. Get him to the vet. Maybe a seizure. That's really a no-brainer, so you definitely want to call the vet. Anything else? Yeah, medical treatment may save your dog's life and is aimed at reducing the allergic reaction and preventing shock. Don't forget about that. Mm -hmm. In addition to antihistamines, your veterinarian may give your dog some cortisones or maybe even some epinephrine. The doctor may administer even some IV fluids for stabilization 
and oxygen to help on the respiration. It sounds like you get, but really expensive. Yeah, and then you have to go along. He, the, the vet may want to draw some blood or do some urinary testing just to see about possible organ damage. And the length of the hospital stay depends on how quickly the dog responds. But expect to leave her with the veterinarian for some period of time, even days. So once the danger is passed and your dog returns home, your veterinarian may prescribe even an EpiPen for use in future insect stings. Wow. I, all I have to do is say, ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. It certainly can be, I mean, unfortunately. I mean, for like, just like a little bee bite. Just for a little bee bite. And I guess you could still give your cat some of the same stuff, right? You would do the same thing for cats as you do with, wow. with your Sounds expensive. So keep those bees out of your yard. I don't know how you do it, but go around the property, check. I mean, make sure there's no hornet's nest or bee hives around your property. And you know what? What? That's the Flex Facts for the week. Stick around. More of the pet buzz very soon after our commercial break. Bet you can't wait for my I Likey of the week. And of course, you can't wait to see if your dog breed is popular. I don't know. Mine is. Does your pet have dry, flaky, and itchy skin? Do you find yourself visiting the veterinarian repeatedly because Fido or Fluffy has skin allergies or ear infections? I love animals and want my pets to be healthy. So I asked our vet who recommended EpiPet Ear Cleaner. It's super simple. And it even smells good. Every week I use it on both my dog and my cat to gently remove wax and debris. I even told my friend Aiden to try EpiPet on his dog Sophie, who always had red ears. But not anymore. Now we both have happy and healthy pets. Thanks, EpiPet. Developed by a veterinarian, EpiPet is a revolutionary, high-performance skin and ear care product line made with the finest natural ingredients. EpiPet, for you and your pet, means better pet health. For more information, visit epi-pet.com. Welcome back. You're listening to the Pet Buzz, the best in pet talk radio. And I'm petrondologist Charlotte Reed. And I'm veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Okay, so let's talk about my I Likey of the Week. That's the way it has to be because that's the way. It's genius. It's to die for. I like it. So my I like you of the week is the Quarantine Cat Film Festival. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, right? But it raises money for independent movie theaters through the power of fan-submitted shelter-in-place cat videos, okay? So the feline antics will be edited together for a virtual cinema fundraising Movie dropping June 19th. So according to Brian Mendelson, he's the owner and the manager of the Row House Cinema in Pittsburgh. The goal of the Cat Film Festival is to engage, quote unquote, our audience when theaters are closed while raising desperately needed money. You know, and I agree with him. So many areas in this country have been hit and so many business sectors have been hit. So this is a great project that somebody in the in their industry has done. Okay. The Quarantine Cat Film Festival. Well, the idea came from Mendelssohn's wife. She suggested the idea after watching 
the home frolicking of the couple's two cats, Oliver and Isabel. Mendelssohn even directed Oliver and Isabel in a short quarantine cat film fest trailer. Naturally, the cats took zero direction, and it took him about three hours to do the shoot. Well, Mendelssohn and 37 other theater owners across North America have put out the call for cat videos requesting that they be shot horizontally for better cinematography. Okay, so they have already pulled in, get this, more than 200 submissions. Can't wait. Once the cat videos are collected, Mendelssohn will edit the prime picks and set the antics to a score. A panel of judges will hand out cash prizes. Ooh, I like that. Cash prizes from the submissions in four categories. Cutest cat, funniest cat, bravest cat, and most loving cat. I got to admit, I don't think Hayden is any one of those. Oh, I don't know. He's brave because he like hangs out with all those dogs but he certainly i mean he's cute he's more regal looking than he's cute yeah right? i'd go along with that and he's definitely not funny no no he's no. definitely not funny and in, in terms of brave the only thing brave about hayden is that he lives with like seven dogs he's stubborn he's just just in his own thing he's a himalayan okay on june 19th Fans can buy tickets to the film festival through virtual cinemas around the country. Proceeds will go to their respective theaters. Mendelssohn, who has no plans for a dog festival because no one wants to watch dogs. That's what he says. I don't know if he's wrong or not. He probably is wrong. I mean, I have dogs, please. They're funny to watch, especially those two ruffians we have, Hammy and and uh, Wally. Constant motion. Constant. Wally's in constant. Wicked Wally's in constant motion. Well, for more information and to submit a video, and don't be shy, rowhouse.online slash cats slash backslash. Well, I just got the cue that our next guest is on the phone. So let me introduce this guest segment by saying that as many as one out of five cat owners are sensitive to cat allergens. But a lot of people out there didn't know it. I actually thought it was one in six. Hmm. But anyway, who knows? Maybe the numbers have changed a little bit. Things are always changing. Well, if you're quarantined with a cat right now and are typically suffer from allergies, we're excited to let you know that Perina Pro Plan, just like the dog show, is launching a revolutionary cat food to help you breathe easier. I'm excited about this. Yes. We have a long-haired cat. We have a Himalayan, and we used to show yeah. cats and have lots of people, cat lovers, listening to us. So joining us today is Dr. Ebenezer Satcharaj, the Director of Molecular Nutrition at Purina and the lead investigator on the research. So, Dr. Satcharaj, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Thank you for having me on. So let me start right out and ask you, what is Live Clear and how does it work? The ProPlan Live Live Clear is a revolutionary new cat food that's shown to simply and safely reduce allergens in cat hair and dander. Wow. It's been backed by over a decade of research, and ProPlan Live Clear has shown to reduce allergens in cat hair and dander by an average of 47%. And uh, many cat-owning households struggle to ma- manage cat allergies. For this, can sometimes limit their interaction with the cat they love. And as a current method of uh, managing cat allergens often include limiting time or activities with cats, or isolating the cat in the home, or removing the cat from the home altogether. These are challenges when you're looking at a situation where you spend a lot of time at home. 
You know, people love cats and you want to be able to cuddle with them. But if you have allergies, it's definitely a problem. But you know what? So here's what we want to know, okay, because we can talk about that. How does it work? I mean, you are a molecular nutritionist. That sounds super cool to me. I can't even imagine how long you went to school to be that. But, like, so how does it work from the inside? So the cat goes to the bowl and eats the food. Then what happens on the inside? It's, it's, as I said, it's a very simple and safe method to be able to reduce the allergens on cat hair and dander. Many people think that the uh, the allergen that they are that they're responding to is present in the hair. It's actually present in the saliva. It's a protein called Celdi one, which is a major cat allergen. And as the cat grooms, this protein gets transferred onto the hair and then dries and then from there on gets into the environment. Okay, so it comes out into yes, the skin and it gets on the hair and then it goes out into the universe, correct? Correct. From the saliva onto the hair, onto the universe. Okay. The approach we take in ProPlan Clear is instead of trying to manage the allergen once it gets into the environment, we try to neutralize it at its source by an ingredient that's derived from eggs that can bind and safely neutralize the allergen. Therefore, what gets onto the hair from the saliva and from there onto the environment is not active in terms of interacting and causing uh, issues. That's really interesting. So does Live Clear, not Live Clear, but Live Clear, does it work for all cats? Yes, it does, because the major allergen Celdi one is the same in terms of its structure across all cats. So that's, that's cool. That's great. That's great. Okay, so other than eggs, what are the primary <laughs> ingredients? I, I, I like to cook, so I'm always interested in ingredients. The ingredients are essentially the same ingredients that you find in our full plant products. Nothing different at all. The only addition is the key ingredient, which is a specific protein that's sourced from eggs. And when cats eat the food, the ingredient binds to Feldy one and safely neutralizes the active allergens in the cat's mouth. Wow, what a simple process. So how long does it take a cat? <laughs> Not really. Not really, Dr. Fleck. But, you know, eggs seem like they're playing a lot of roles in pet products these days. So how long does it take the cat owner to wait before there's a difference? In, in the studies that we conducted, starting at about three weeks of daily feeding, we see an average decline of about 47% in the amount of active oliven that's present on the cat hair. I mean, I kind of like want to try it myself. I don't know. I always, like, I always like to try everything my pets do. Okay. Well, if you've just joined us, we're speaking with Dr. Ebenezer Saturaz, discussing a new cat food, a new Purina Pro Plan cat food that will have a great impact on your feline allergy, meaning the cat to you, you won't be itching and scratching so much because your cat gave you allergies. So... The big question is, since it does all this wonderful scientific stuff, where can you get it, and how much does it cost? So, uh, ProPlan Lift here is available to many retailers. The suggested retail price, for example, for a 3.2-pound bag is retailed at twenty four fifty eight. just to give you an idea. The awesome. The important part I want to mention is that it's been proven to be absolutely safe for the cats which I think is important to also highlight. The approach is not only simply reducing the amount of active allergens in the hair, but it has been proven to be safe for the cat as well. 
Well, Dr. Ebenezer, we really thank you for joining us today. Our audience learned a lot about well, allergies I and cats. A lot. Eggs are making their move and pet products more so than ever Eggs before. and watch out for that saliva. Well, everyone, that was Dr. Ebenezer Saturaz discussing a new cat food from Purina Pro Plan that reduces allergen and helps you breathe a lot easier. For more information, visit Purina.com. Up next, what you guys have been waiting for. You want to know how popular your dog breed is. You are listening to The Pet Buzz with pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. We would love to communicate with you via social media. Use The Pet Buzz social media channels on Twitter and Facebook to make a comment or ask a question. Post a picture of your pet on Instagram and tell us about his or her unique personality. You can also write to us at team at thepetbuzz.com. For more information about our show, our guests, and buzzworthy freebies, visit us at thepetbuzz.com. Warmer temperatures mean more time outside. You have sunscreen for yourself, but what about Fido? According to the American Animal Hospital Association and the American College of Veterinary Dermatology, pets need sunscreen too. Use EpiPet Sun Protector, the only FDA-approved pet sunscreen on short-haired, light-colored, hairless, golden retrievers, and other dogs susceptible to skin cancer. Contained in a sports bottle, EpiPet allows you to turn the bottle upside down, making it easier to spray your dog all over to protect your dog from the sun all day and every day. Visit epi-pet.com. Well, I'm sitting here with veterinarian Dr. Michael Fleck. Yep. And you're sitting here with... Charlotte Reed, petrendologist. We always love to tell you every week that we're urban... Suburban and and country. But before moving to global pet news, I just wanted to ask you guys, did you sign up for the Pet Buzz newsletter yet? Sign up at newsletter at thepetbuzz.com to keep in touch with what Dr. Fleck and I are doing and to find out more about our guests, our news, and the show. You don't want to miss the Pet Buzz, okay? So now we got to cover our global pet news. And now, Pet Buzz News from around the globe. They say that cats do the darndest things, and feline news out of Mexico is a real hoot of a story. It seems a primary school teacher has filmed the moment a stray led her to the cat food section of a shop and pointed out what he wanted. Yes, that's right. Led her to the shop and pointed out what he wanted. It seems that... Tanya Lisbeth Santos Coitova, that's a big name, bonded with a street cat she likes to call Rabbit when it started following her along the streets. Her footage showed the cat started following her or started staring at her when she was across the street from it. When she crossed the road and greeted the cat, then he proceeded to follow her into like the tienda, the little bodega, the little store on the corner. Okay. So, with Tanya, the cat used to weave it in and out of customers' legs. You can see, because cats are known for doing that. And until they started following him, he would weave it in and out of their legs and kind of say, come on, come with me, come with me. Okay. Then he would lead them to the cat food aisle and then kind of reach up and point. (laughs) Now, I know this sounds crazy. you got to see the pictures. I'm going to post them up. So, Tanya... Got to the pet food aisle, grabbed the bag on the shelf. She just had her hands on it. And he started jumping for joy. Hmm. at the Because that was his brand. 
He's a brand man. Hmm. I love that. Hmm. So he would jump and he clawed at the food. And of course, she bought it for him. And I guess she fed him. So this is a cat who knows what he wants. Hmm. Okay. So according to Tanya, the cat was living in an abandoned house. And now she and her partner have adopted the cat. They called him Rabbit. I think that's a stupid name. But they said he looks like a rabbit. Hmm. So that's a little feline ingenuity. And see what it gets you? A warm home with a loving family. I have to admit, it's kind of an unbelievable story. But I'm not a street cat from Mexico. So I don't know. What do you think, Dr. Fleck? A boy named Sue or a dog named Rabbit. Oh, that song. Yeah. It's an old song. Okay. But I just think that that cat is a brand man. I want to know. <laughs> that You know, that cat, now he's a home. I think he should go on to make like be in like re- represent that cat food brand absolutely because you know that's whatever i mean that's like that to me that's just unbelievable it's, looks like a good visionary ad to me i want to know what you think after you see the pictures so i want to know also does your cat point out what he wants you to do buy him cat food play with what's what's its name toy or whatever but that's an unbelievable story but seriously i want to know what i want to know if you believe it okay So let's talk about dogs and bring on our next guest. Ever wonder just how popular your dog is? Well, if you have an English bulldog or a French bulldog, you know that they're two of the most popular breeds. But what about everybody else who is a registered AKC dog breed? Well, we're going to find out right now. They came out on May 1st, National Purebred Dog Day. And AKC Vice President of Public Relations, Brandy Hunter, is here to talk to us about the top 10 and more. Yeah, the top 10 dog breeds. I'm excited. I am too. I bet you English toy spaniels are not in that top 10. I'll bet you And they should either. be. We have I five of them. Okay. Go ahead. So, so Brandy, with all that, welcome to the Pet Buzz. Well, thank you so much for having me. Very happy to be here. Okay, who's in the top 10? Number 10 is the Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Number 9, German Shorthaired Pointers. Number 8, Rottweilers. Number 7, Beagles. Number 6, Poodles. Bulldogs coming at number 5. French Bulldogs at number 4. Golden Retrievers at number 3. And German Shepherd Dogs at number 2. And for the 29th year in a row, Labrador <laughs> Retrievers remain the most popular breed. You know what I'm wondering? She's really good at counting backwards. What does she do when she goes to the dentist and they put that, the gas, the, whatever they give you, the mm-hmm, anesthesia, mm-hmm. and they tell you to count backwards? She laughs. I know. I think it's funny. I mean, like, you know, can she do it again? Well, her only her dentist or doctor will know. Okay. But before we go any further, I, I have to say, you know, the lab has been, you know, it's 29 years. It'll probably be 30 next year. I don't want to talk about labs. We talked about labs for the last few years. So let's let's see... Well, what I think is the big surprise is the Pembroke Welsh Corgi. That's a big surprise. It is. And that's like, it that's number is. That's number 10. That's crazy. Is it number 10? Is that right? It is number 10 for the first year ever. I mean, no Yorkie, no Shih Tzu. I mean, but the Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Everybody knows the Pembroke Welsh Corgi. Think of the queen, her little dogs. She has, she has I think she has one left that she adopted from her gamekeeper when he died. But that's it. So... Anything else? I mean, what other surprises did we see on the list? Well, Shitsus are running, rounding out the top 20 since you mentioned them. And Yorkies are right at number 12. They actually got knocked out. Dachshunds are here. 
uh, at number 11. You know, you have the Siberian Huskies. Those are all regular breeds. But, you know, we see things like the Shetland Sheepdogs. Shelties are at number 25. They used to live in the top 20 a bit. Hugs are a little bit lower. Mastiffs seem to be coming in at number 32, which means people love their big dogs and Conde Corsos. So we are seeing a variation of breeds. It's not just all about the small breeds. People have a love across all the breeds. Yeah, but it's the- interesting to see how it moves a bit. Rhodesian Ridgebacks are in the top 50. You don't see a lot of them, but apparently people really love them. So it's interesting to see what the taste is and how it kind of changes year over year. Yeah, but still the, the still the golden retriever doesn't even though it still doesn't win a big dog <laughs> show. And also it seems like the bigger dogs are what it's all about these days, right? I think it is the bigger dogs are all what it's all about. And you know, a lot of this also comes down to who's breeding what, what access you have. If there are more people breeding mastiffs and Connie Corso, you'll be able to find more of them, right? You know, the golden, uh, he, he had a bit of a shine at Westminster, but not, hasn't really won the top prize yet. But, you know, they live in people's hearts for other reasons. We've grown up watching them. We see them in commercials. They're great with families. We had them when we were a kid. You know, regular stuff. Hey, what, what, what about some of the more recent announced breeds, say in the last five years? I understand some of them are even doing better than some of the, breeds that have been around for a long time. Yeah, so, you know, we uh, introduced the Mini American Shepherd, actually came in a couple of years ago, and that's the one that's at 29. You have American Hairless is sitting at 124. So, yeah, they are doing doing better. I think they get, like, a bit of a popularity boost when we announce them. So people go, hey, that's a breed I want, or, hey, I've never seen that breed, and it leads people to go seek it out, which is what we really hope happens with our, you know, recognized announcements that it introduces people to a new breed. So I think that, you know, in the first few years, we really do see a bump in the demand for them. And also being an AKC-recognized breed uh, puts a little bit of security in people's spaces. You know, it's easier to research, easier to find. And so we do see a good traction. You know, Pumic is at 156. We introduced the Pumic not too long ago, maybe two or three years ago as a recognized breed, so they definitely see a bit of a bump uh, in the American public eye. Well, anyway, Brandy, thanks so much for joining us today. Right, Dr. Flood? Oh, my gosh, yes. It was fun. Yeah, it is. Well, everyone, that was Brandy Hunter, the Vice President of Public Relations at the American Kennel Club, discussing the top 10 of 2019. Visit the AKC.org list and send us a picture of your pooch and tell us, where your pet ranks in popularity, just like mine, I'm sure he or she is numero uno. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. So before we go, we want to give you a preview for next week's show. Well, next week, we're going to talk about how coronavirus is affecting pets whose owners have died. Killer hornets who are killing bees and everything in its path and then more. But we got to give special thanks to our guest, right, Dr. Fox? We sure do. And special thanks to our guest, Dr. Laura Nath, Dr. Ebenezer Satyaraj, and Brandy Hunter. And we always must thank our sponsors, the Animal Medical Center of Bradenton and EpiPet, making better skin coat and ear care products everywhere. And just to remind you all, if you go to the EpiPet website, Put in the code THEPETBUZZ and get a 15 to 25% discount. That's great. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Great. Especially these days. These days. And if you have a question, write us at team at thepetbuzz.com. 
we'll cover next week on the show. Yeah, definitely. We'd love to hear from you. And if you've missed any portion of this show, visit our social media channels as well as your favorite streaming channels and listen to the linked podcast on Monday morning. Most importantly, remember, we're here each week to help you take better care of your pets. Peace out and pet love. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Pet Buzz. The Pet Buzz is hosted by the dynamic pet duo, pet trendologist Charlotte Reed and Dr. Michael Fleck. Tune in each week for the latest 411 on everything pet related. Visit our website at www.thepetbuzz.com. Learn more about us, the show, and our guests.